You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the Coronavirus Sessions. I am your host, Colin, Haas- <laughs> Colin Austin, and my co-host is Michael Dees. I'm sorry. I'm so excited because I figured out how to be in a virtual studio. <laughs> it's funny because uh, right before we started rolling, you were like, oh, I got to go check on the kids. And it was tripping me out because I'm like, what are they hiding under the desk? And then I remember that you're not actually in the studio. So uh, for those of you that are listening and not watching, I uh, figured out, you know, it's not hard. Like I knew you could do it, but how to get like the little virtual screen in the back, little picture behind you on the Zoom. And so I uh, put a picture of the studio and because I, I, dude, I've been missing the studio a lot. Like the little, the studio sessions we've been, I miss it a lot. And so I'm back in the studio kind of. <laughs> oh, don't ever ask me to Photoshop anything. Cause this is exactly what it would look like. <laughs> well, like, like, like space. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, like your finger missing. <laughs> and like, I hope James is really proud of my lighting. I tried to, I tried to bring the ambiance of the lighting that he does when he's putting, you know, setting up the studio and right. So, so James will have to grade me, but like, you know, I, I gave it my best shot, man. Anyway, so <laughs> let's let's get into the show. Before we do, let me thank some uh, sponsors, some really amazing sponsors. I've been excited, man. We've been getting some new sponsors coming on board, really supporting us, really helping us, uh, you know, lift up this community, and I absolutely love it. But you guys, yesterday we had M from Game from Gainesville Harley on the show, and today she's a sponsor. Gainesville Harley is a sponsor, baby. So thank you guys so much for your support. Uh, Not sure if you all have noticed, but the roads are not closed. So Gainesville Harley Davidson is open regular hours as an essential business to meet the parks, service, and transportation needs of the riding community. They have several options for pickup and drop-off services and have initiated a detailed and frequent cleaning routine to help staff and customers stay healthy. Please support our good friends at Gainesville Harley. You can email Emily, which is M-E-M, at GainesvilleHarley.com or call them at 352-331-6363. I always love uh, the banter we have with those guys, man. <laughs> yeah. When we had uh, Kevin on, uh, you guys were hardcore competitive. It was fun. Yeah, we were so competitive. <laughs> so competitive. But, like, but it's great because, um, you know, um, of course – you know, we, he looks at us, you know, they're like, man, we bring people into that riding world, you know, get them used, right. to, used to the, you know, 50 CCs and 150. And then by the time they're actually, they get that experience and then step up to those, uh, to those big monster rides, you know? <laughs> yeah. Scooters so, are just a gateway drug to the two wheel transportation go. world. That's, that's a better, that's a better way to frame it. Um, and also you guys, I have to give a huge thank you to Brooker Pest Control. If you are about to buy a home, protect your large investment by having your realtor call Brooker Pest Control for a complete wood destroying organism inspection first. Brooker has your back and you can reach them at 352-378-2433 or find them online at brookerpestcontrol.com. Um, we're so appreciative of Brian and the Brooker Pest Control team. Thank you guys so much for your support. Tom, Tom's on the show, and Tom, Tom Galat is on the show, everybody. And Tom's gonna be a sponsor for our next podcast. He knows. Well, he That's knows the way Brian. it goes. <laughs> he, he can, I mean, Tom can vouch for Brian, right? Yeah, absolutely. Brian actually hooked me up uh, when we did an inspection on the house, and he showed me some stuff that actually uh, was enabled me to pull out of the deal I was looking at. And uh, he's he saved me a saved me a lot of headaches. He's an amazing guy. 
amazing yeah. guy. Great company. Yeah, he's in our uh, green greenhouse uh, business leaders group, and uh, I don't know, he always he always dropping that knowledge on me, and so I really appreciate appreciate Brian, but I really also appreciate his support of this podcast. So thanks, Brian and Brooker Pest Control, and you guys, you know, support our sponsors. They they support us, and we really appreciate all of our listeners taking care of these great sponsors. So let's get into the show, baby. Let's go. So as I said, my friend Tom Galat is on the show. Tom, what is up? How are what you? What is going on, Colin? Mike, good to see you guys. Uh, life is different. It's different. <laughs> Interesting, right? <laughs> the party. So, so you know, we're doing this to really kind of pull uh, our business community through, uh, you know, this whole coronavirus thing. Man, it's obviously had a huge impact on all of us. And so why don't you quickly give us an introduction to who you are, your business, um, and, and really just kind of how this thing has started to impact you guys, especially in those first few days, and then we can dive into it from there. Yeah. Um, I own, uh, right. Actually, I just, I manage now. I've recently sold my business, not a terrible time, <laughs> but, um, I, I own a, a, a chain of, of hearing aid centers from South Carolina down to Naples, Florida. And, uh, we had a little bit of a different approach. When it all happened, to be perfectly honest, full transparency, I kind of blew it off at first. Like, you know, the warnings leading up to this stuff. And then I think on March 11th is when it kind of hit me because I was at the Players' Championship watching a golf tournament and it got canceled. Mm. Uh, I'm like, oh, this is a big deal, you know. And, and so I, I had done really poorly as far as prepping ahead of time for that. When it did happen um, – my immediate reaction was, we'll get through this, we'll figure it out, we'll tighten up. Uh, as time went on, what I realized was my target client, which are senior pe- senior citizens, uh, obviously are the most at risk for this, and that, that changed my entire mindset about this. Uh, so what we immediately did was went into, let's, let's reach out to every patient that we have that might be in need of better hearing immediately before this gets too bad, where they can get in and see us. Um, get them taken care of. And then from that point, just try to go into, to, to damage control. I think, which is a lot of what a lot of people did, um, over the last five weeks, it's been really hard. Uh, we have, we've gone from 38 employees, uh, had to furlough quite a few. We're down to 10 now, uh, that are running around all over the state and trying to, trying to run a skeleton crew to take care of the people. And, a lot of folks have asked, why don't we just close? But, you know, think of it, Colin, if you had a, a, a mom or a grandmother who lived somewhere and uh, had a hearing disability right now, uh, there's no worse time to not be able to communicate. So if we have someone with a hearing aid that's broken or something that's not working, the last thing we want to do is have that person isolated in their home with nowhere to go for help. So we're trying to run limited hours in all of our offices, and I've had to... Um, really kind of rally the troops to, 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 to fall in line and understand that that's our, that's our mission. That's our vision. Um, you know, the mission is to make sure that we're on in God by providing outstanding patient care. And in order to do that, we've got to be available. So that's, that's how we've reacted and handled it to this point. Tom, how many team members do you guys have total? Uh, 38 normally. 38. And so, you know, <laughs> you had said that you had sold the business. Um, this is something that I've actually wanted to pull Tom in. I like, I really want to discuss even, you know, all the things that you went through selling a business. We'll have to save that for a real studio uh, session sometime. But, 
but I'm kind of just interested, you know, had you ever had to furlough anybody when it was your business? You know, no, we, we were constantly in growth mode. So from the time that we opened the doors in 2004, when it was just my wife and I, um, up until we sold the business uh, Janu in January, we had never had to cut anyone, you know, for step for that type of reason. We've fired people or, um, you know, that kind of thing. But this was the first time I'd ever gone through the furlough process. Okay. And so now that you're technically taking orders from somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, like they had you asked, I'm just kind of here. I'm like, yeah. they, they asked you to do this and like, hello, the, this, this team members, like, what was your mind? Like, you know, your mindset, you know, going into that, like, what was it? I would assume it was super nerve wracking. I mean, what was, you know, when they asked you to do this, like what was going through your mind? Well, I knew it was coming. Okay. okay. So I had seen the industry and what had gone on for a while. And most places were just shutting down completely. So I, I believe transparency is a key as a leader, right? So we had, we had talked about it for two weeks leading up to this that, Hey, look, things are going to get difficult. We're going to track the numbers. I'm going to keep you guys in touch. We were doing daily conference calls. Um, I was basically informing the people that bought my company on how I was going to handle it. We, we were purchased by a, a, a large national group and they, they have a different philosophy on business than I do. And, they just said, do what you need to do for your people. So um, that's kind of what we did. And it was hard, but because of the transparency leading up to it, the fact that we had had those conversations and I was able to basically share, hey, look, here's where we normally do in revenue. Over the last four weeks, we're down 88%. Um, we can't afford this. This is what's going to happen. Uh, I didn't really have nearly as much blowback as I thought I might. Uh, nobody was super upset. Everyone was understanding. Um, you know, a lot of our front office staff were, you know, from where they stand there short term, they're going to actually benefit financially from that extra $600 a week on top of unemployment. They'll actually make more money. Some of my staff will than they were uh, while, while on payroll. Yeah. Has there, so I know like you guys are kind of spread out too, right? Like in terms of your locations, um, I mean, and you ha you've had offices, so I mean, like, are people, is everybody working remote right now? Like, what's, you know, I see, does, are you in your office right now, or are you at home? I'm in Gainesville. I'm in my office in Gainesville right now. Um, okay. But yesterday, I was in Tallahassee. Uh, Monday, I was in Perry. Tomorrow, I'll be in Leesburg. Uh, so, what we're doing is we're, we're creating, we've created a a group of our audiologist team that are going to be doing a, basically a geographic regional coverage. So uh, I'm in offices four days a week right now. Uh, and I've got a few other people who are doing the same thing. We're just bouncing from office to office, um, seeing patients by appointment that are having problems or difficulties with what's going on. But yeah, we are spread out. We're, it's quite a footprint to have to manage right now. Okay, and so from a business standpoint, like, has it affected sales? Like, are sales down or sales up? Is there, everything's kind of the same? Like, oh no, we're getting crushed. We're, we're getting crushed. We, I mean, I would assume if you're like furloughing people, that I mean, that was my yeah. assumption, but I didn't want to make that assumption without, like, because I, I, I've also seen a lot of businesses, you know, kind of like just like preparing for for the future months, you know, being realizing that there is going to be an impact. Maybe it's not immediately. So, but you guys have felt it pretty instantly or what? 
Yeah, we're, we, in the last four weeks, we're down about 85%. We were down 88%, I think it's 85 now, uh, because our people aren't, our patients aren't coming outside, right? So they're, so new business is not coming in. Existing patients who need treatment or care, are, some of them are coming in, but most of them are, are canceling or pushing back their, their appointments. So we, we've seen a pretty, I mean, we've been hit pretty hard. Our industry as a whole, um, last I looked, the hearing aid industry over the last month is down about 80%. Uh, so people are just, our, our patient base is scared to come outside right now. So, I, so when you say an appointment, like it's normally like a one-to-one, -one, like if I needed a hearing aid, like what's that experience like? Yeah, typically you're going to come into the office. We're going to do an evaluation. We're going to do a hearing test. Uh, we're going to make recommendations based on your lifestyle and your hearing needs. And then we're going to put you into a, a prescriptive product. And right now those patients, they're, they're not coming in for the testing. And because they're not coming in for the testing, we can't go through the rest of our process. It's going to get better. It's, it's challenged me to figure out how to get over this uh, and, and get better. And I think that's something we can all look at right now is how can we be doing, how can we be doing better? How do we adapt? Uh, you know, you, you use the word pivot, Colin, which I love that word. Um, and we're working on that right now. Uh, there's some products coming out in our industry that are going to have remote programming capabilities where you could be sitting on your couch and I could be in my office adjusting the way you hear, uh, which is kind of cool. And then um, we're yeah, also doing a lot. Yeah, and we're getting to we're doing a lot of this now as far as uh, telehealth and being able to do you know Skype calls, things of that nature. So that's yeah. what I was gonna ask if, if I could jump in. Like I was curious because I know a lot of industries in, in the healthcare medical um, sector have been able to I don't say seamlessly, but go into the telehealth field. Being in the hearing industry is that is that a huge hurdle for you or? Is it more like a demographic hurdle because people, you know, on the older demographic aren't so maybe Zoom friendly? That's the issue. The technologies, the issue. we have the technology. Um, the, the difficulty is getting a patient in there that's maybe not so technologically advanced, getting them on, on, online even. You know, I mean, heck, right. a lot of our patients, you know, they have Facebook so they can check out the grandkids, but they don't even know how to go to Google. So trying to get them to do video conferencing is a bit of, bit of a challenge. I imagine so. You know, it's kind of funny too, though. I mean, on that, I've been really fascinated by the fact that people are being forced to change. You know, we always talk about like, the one thing that is constant is change. However, like so many people are resistant to it that they resist, they resist, they resist. And then now, oh, global pandemic, now you're like required to change. And everybody and everybody starts to because I kind of see this on the government side too, you know. Uh, and what I mean, like just with us, with like uh, the tag office, the you know, we've been trying to fi figure out electronic signatures. There's things that I've kind of seen where it's like, okay, you weren't really, uh, so, you know, allowed. I'm gonna say allowed, but allowed set, to do set, like, set in their ways before. Yeah, they were like really set in their ways with like certain certain processes, and now it's kind of like, oh well, we can't we can't do this anymore because we're unable to. So now it's fine to submit this stuff electronically or it's fine. You know, they're, they're like now uh, adjusting because they have to. And, and so now like, I'm like, man, this is, this is gonna be great because it's like pushing everybody to, to really get outside of that comfort zone and make the changes that they were unwilling to make in the past. Absolutely. I mean, anyone who thinks that, First of all, I've said this over and over, this, what we're living in today is not the new normal. 
right? This is not it. But the new normal is going to look different than the old normal did. And, and businesses that aren't prepared for that and, and willing to embrace that are going to struggle. You know, I, I've, I've, I've said before that I feel like change is a four-letter word, right, in, our, in, our, in our, our, our vernacular. And when people are afraid of change, they tend to fail. And that's another four-letter word. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It's tough because I like, I mean, like I said, like I just said it, you, you just see people kind of get stuck in their ways and, and be unwilling. And um, this morning in Greenhouse Business Leaders, one of the things I was talking about was the fact that I, I you know, because I've heard it on the podcast and I've heard it in some of these, you know, virtual meetups and stuff that I've been doing is that, you know, not only are businesses going to have to, uh, you know, adapt or they're going to have to pivot, but like it's going to have to be a major pivot for, for some of them. And, um, I don't know. And like, I don't want, I don't want to get like really political on stuff, but one of my fears when it comes to this government funding and stuff is that a lot of businesses are going to sit back and they're going to say, okay, great. Like got, got the funding, you know, we'll, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll ride out the storm. We'll wait out the storm. Everybody stay home. <laughs> and then, and then eight weeks go by and we're still stuck in the same place and they're gonna be like yo yo like i need more money right and, you know when when what we need is we need to use you know i'm glad i'm so thankful that we got this lifeline you know we got this ppp like we we got our funding which is great uh, i'm so glad that we got this lifeline but instantly as soon as that money hit my bank account i'm like i'm like talking to mike talking to allison talking to the team i'm being like yo guys we got we got to adapt and we got to adapt now we got to figure out how we're going to drive revenue given the fact that our front door is locked how are we going to do that? We, and so we've been super hyper-focused on that, but I'm afraid that a lot of businesses might not have that same urgency. And so I'm just really want to encourage everybody to have that urgency and not, you know, not sit back and relax during this. You can't stop. What you can't do is stop. You know, in uh, my business, my biggest years of growth were 2008 to 2010. I went from one office to 12 clinics uh, geographically. And it was not because I was some sort of business guru. It's because everyone else quit. Everyone else backed off. Everyone else slowed down because the economy was crashing around them. And this is different. But even in that time, the idea is, okay, if this wave crashes, let's make sure we're on top of what it does. You know, that's, that's kind of my mindset on anything when you deal with crisis. I think crisis, there's always a great opportunity for reinvention. There's a great opportunity for innovation. Um, there's a great opportunity for personal and professional growth if you – are willing to put in the work. What kind of uh, leader are you in crisis? Do you find yourself super calm or do you freak out or? <laughs> I, I'd like to think I'm a duck, you know? Um, I, my people need to know that it's gonna be okay. And that's what I keep trying to remind anyone who will listen to me is that this is a season in time. So when we go through a crisis, what we have to do is make sure we don't get our blinders on where we see nothing but the problem, okay? Um, and remember that we got into we got into a situation. We'll get out of it. Um, you know, for, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a, 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 a avid reader of the Bible. I feel like it's the greatest business book in the world. And uh, there's one verse that says, "You know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil." Um, two things. First of all, you don't walk to the valley; you walk through it, which means you come out the other side. And the other is, it's a shadow, so it's not even real. Right? We, we've got to be conscious of what we see 
Um, and as leaders, our teams are going to take on our personality, right? Any, any organization is going to take on the personality of its leader. So when we come at things and say, you know what, this is, this is we, we acknowledge it, it's real, it's bad. But we also acknowledge, hey, we, we'll get through this and we'll be better for it. I think, I think when you get people to buy into that mindset, um, there's a sense of calm that comes over an organization. I go a little bit deeper into that because I think one of the things this is pre pandemic that Colin and I found is we, we constantly have uh, conversations about, uh, you know, transparency and how much do we want our team to know about the inner workings and, and, and maybe in some scenarios, we didn't tell them it was just a upper management leadership type thing. And then we started saying, Hey, no, we're going to disseminate this information across the whole team. But what it did was it, it provided a lot of alarm. And again, this is pre-pandemic, but people saying, hey, when things get tight, like, should I be, you know, looking for a job, my eyes in the classified? And it's like, no, that's not what we intended at all. We just wanted you to have that urgency to know that things are thin right now. So now that we get into this pandemic and a lot of the information is right in front of everybody's eyes, they can see businesses failing, they can see closing, they can see their friends that aren't getting money. Like, does that, does that change your leadership style when it's not about should I or should I not be transparent, but but it's not that hard to see that it's having its effect on people. And now you actually have to probably be more transparent because it's a well-known thing that everybody's battling this. Absolutely. I mean, in this time we have to be more real, right? We have to, at least I feel like we have to be more human for lack of a better term. Um, there, there are things that I'm extremely transparent with in my business. There are other things that need to be handled on a, on a, on a executive level with this stuff right now. I feel like the more transparent we can be with the people who trust us, right? Uh, the more calm we're going to create, which long-term will, will be more beneficial than, than trying to, to, to get too much chaos. But I think right now we have to share. I mean, to sit, to sit down in front of a board room right now for me and say, Hey guys, we're doing great. Well, Tom, no, you're not, <laughs> you know, your, your offices are closed four days a week. You're not doing great. Uh, I think there's a transparency there that, you know, people need to know what's going on. They need, they need broad strokes. They don't need to, you don't need to pull out the, you know, the, the ledger and go through the P and L with them necessarily. But, you know, I do think it's important that people know the overall general health of, of the, of the business. You're almost like reaching a point where like you really have nothing to lose anyway. <laughs> it's just like, no, I mean, yeah. what if they, if they leave, what are they going to join the other 17 million people that have no jobs? Right. And then right. like in like the business, like if businesses are closing all over the place. You're kind of like, Oh, I ain't got nothing to lose anyway. Like we, we might be joining them. I mean, like you can just kind of start throwing your hands <laughs> like, almost just in that I don't, that almost becomes a comfortable place because you just throw it up and be like, I have nothing to lose anyway. So let me just tell everybody exactly what's going on, exactly how many how many pennies are in the bank account, and <laughs> we, right. can, we can count them together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that I mean, that, it's interesting because, like Tom said, you know, like he and I'll actually defer this to Tom. You said that um, where, where we're at right now is not what you feel like is the new normal, uh, but the new normal is not what the old normal is. So that suggests that you think there's going to be some kind of hybrid. So what, what does that look like? I think some of this will stick. Um, you know, does anyone shake hands after this is over? You know, uh, as silly as that sounds. Uh, but, but on a, on a business model, I think that we're going to have to be able to create less direct contact. This, some of this will stick. I mean, like in my industry, I've got to be able to have a strong, telehealth 
presence. I've got to be able to train my, my patients on how to get on Zoom uh, and do those types of things. I got to make sure my staff is equipped to do it. I got to make sure my staff is, is, is cutting edge as far as technology goes. Uh, I think that in any business right now, if you're not carving out your online real estate, uh, you're missing a great opportunity. Because right now, online real estate is cheap. And if you can grab that right now, and, and, and I mean, you, you're the expert with this stuff, uh, grabbing online real estate right now and, and making your mark there is going to be something that is going to be indelible moving forward. Uh, but yeah, this is not the new normal. It's, this is, this is scary. I mean, this is scary for a lot of people. This is not how we're going to live the rest of our life in this fear. There's going to be a spirit of boldness that comes back to the American people, that comes back to the consumer, and it's going to come back to the entrepreneurs right now. Um, there will be amazing companies, Mike, that are going to be developed out of this coronavirus. There are going to be companies right. that will change the world that are going to be founded over the next six months. Yeah, there's no That's doubt. Right. So uh, we have to wrap up in a minute. Man, it goes by so quick. It does. Uh, but you're, you're a big sales guy. I am. And so I would love for you to just leave us with like a, a sales tip amidst, you know, the coronavirus chaos, you know, just what, what's the best sales tip for somebody, you know, for businesses that are going through this right now? Make sure you're asking. Uh, you'd be amazed how many people in sales don't ask for the commitment, right? And I always relate it to when I, when I talk to my people, there's two things. Can I give, can I give you two? Yeah. Uh, the first is you have to ask, right? If, if, if I am madly in love with a, with a young lady, I take her to the beach and I buy this beautiful ring and I, I sit there and I stare into her eyes and I, I, I say, you know what? I want you to be my, I, I want, you may be the happiest man in the world. I want, I want to spend the rest of my life with you and I show you a ring. Um, what's she going to do? Well, she's not going to respond because I didn't ask, will you marry me? So many people in sales are afraid to ask, will you marry me? Did um, you learn that the hard way? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is this a real life experience you're reflecting That's, on? Or? We'll, we'll revisit that on the next podcast. <laughs> 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 but you got to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. And then the other one is, I don't care how great of a closer you are, if you can't open there's nothing to close. You've got to be able to build a relationship with your customer. Uh, you've got to be able to figure out what their needs are. Take the time to do a good discovery with every person you see. Make sure you understand what their needs are before you, before you try to close anyone. Um, and, and that's, again, it doesn't matter how, how good you are at, at closing. You've got to open, right? People want to know two things. When they call your business, they call my business, they look us up online, they want to know two things. They want to know, one, can I trust you? That's the first thing they want to know. And the second thing is, can you help me? The only way we earn their trust is by investing in the, in the customer. And then the way we help them is by providing a solution to their problem. So I would say those two things, as simple as they are, are overlooked by so many people in sales. Yeah. That's great. Love that. Me too. Awesome, man. So if we have anybody who is, you know, looking for hearing aid or somebody who has a family member that might be looking for one, what's the best way for our audience to connect with you? Uh, ushearingsolutions.com. If you go there, uh, you can find us. You can hit me up on Facebook, uh, Tom Galat, just my name. I do some stuff on there. We also have a US Hearing Solutions site on Facebook. Feel free to reach out to me personally, PM me. I'll, I'll get you taken care of for sure. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us, Tom. This was a lot of fun, guys. I'm like, I'm excited. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, like when we can like really get back into my really cool studio back here. 
yeah. When my it fingers, looks good until my your finger disappears. Right? <laughs> it's like it's almost like that, like like a. It's whole, like you're a weatherman. It's like a, it's like entering a dimension or something. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, this bed back there. Oh. Hey, your bed's back there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll, anyway, we'll do it again. And yeah. I, at some point, we'll talk about the process of selling a company. I I learned a lot through that that I can probably I'd love to share some. Of yeah, stuff. I just know that being incredibly valuable for our audience. Super, super. And, yeah. and I've talked to Tom, you know, previously about coming. I was we were really kind of waiting to, for him to get through the process because right. I know it's been a lengthy one. Um, but you know, it's uh, I, I'm I'm happy for you. Um you know, excited to see what, what lies ahead. And I want, you know, I'm so appreciative of you, Tom, for everybody's listening. Tom is very much a mentor for me. Like I've uh, thrown my P and L's in front of this guy a few different times. And he's just always been, you know, somebody that I really look up to and advises me very well. So Tom, I appreciate you, man. Hey, Gainesville, this is not the end. This is not the new normal. We'll get through this together. We're going to come out stronger. So hang in there. We got this. Amen. that. Mike, final thoughts? Hey, man, no, I was actually just going to say that. I know you look up to Tom a lot. A couple times uh, I've met him. He's always left me with something illuminating, and he's done it again. So I appreciate that, and best of luck to you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Get through this. We got this. Yeah, there you go, Gainesville. There you have it. Thank you so much for listening. This is the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. whoa. We will see you later. Bye.